Morning, everybody. Technology, right? All right. 2001. Who was not born in 2001? Anyone? A few here? 2001, I was in year 11. (laughs) I was in year 11 in 2001, and you guys are like, man, ads is old. And some of you are like, man, ads is young. (laughs) Uh, I was in year 11. And uh, in year 11, I had my favourite subject all through school. My absolute favourite subject was American history. And uh, the reason I loved it is because my mate Jay and I made a big joke, not a joke, but we made a big game out of something that would happen every single week. We'd go to American history and a big chunk of it was World War II. And I'm pretty fascinated by World War II for some weird reason, but... Every time we'd go, we'd always hear about how another country had surrendered to Germany. And uh, my mate and I go, hey, let's actually make a game of this. Let's figure out. So what, what's we're going to do is when we go to class, we have to name a country each. And we'll see if that's the country that surrenders next, right? We weren't allowed to pre-look at it. We weren't allowed to look through the history books. We just had to guess, right? Only rule was we weren't allowed to guess France because that was obvious because France surrenders at everything. But through, through my time in American history, I learned something about surrender. Surrender meant that you were weak. Surrender meant that you had to compromise. And surrender meant that you were just giving up, right? And uh, years later, God really smacked me around with this. And, and over the years, even till now, he's starting to reclaim the word, or not starting, he's reclaiming that word surrender in my life. And that's what I want to do today is I want to reclaim that word because it's not just giving up. It's not being weak and it's not compromising. So if you're okay with that, let's reclaim the word, yeah? Let me pray. Heavenly Father, I just want to thank you for your word. I want to thank you that you're here with us today. I ask that your spirit would move amongst your people, Lord, that you would prepare our hearts for what you want to say. Lord, let me become smaller and you become greater. Lord, give us hearts that would surrender completely and utterly to you. In your name we pray, Jesus. Amen. If you've got your Bibles, you can open them or turn them on. We're going to go to Exodus chapter 2. And we're going to look at uh, a really little-known guy in the Bible. His name is Moses. And... uh, Moses, as you know, was uh, sent down the river, um, welcomed into an Egyptian family, royal family, and, uh, you know, raised thinking he was Egyptian, but he's actually a Hebrew. <laughs> and then one day Moses goes out into the fields, and you might know this story pretty well, uh, and he sees something that he just can't tolerate. It starts like this. Many years later, so this is after he got picked out of the river, Moses, uh, when Moses had grown up, he went out to visit his own people, the Hebrews. And he saw how hard they were forced to work. During his visit, he saw an Egyptian beating one of his fellow Hebrews. After looking in all directions to make sure no one was watching, Moses killed the Egyptian and hid the body in the sand. The next day, when Moses went out to visit his people again, he saw two Hebrew men fighting. Why are you beating up your friend? Moses said, to the other one, to the one who had been who had started the fight. The man replied, Who appointed you to be prince and judge? Are you going to kill me like you killed that Egyptian yesterday? Then Moses was afraid, thinking, Everyone knows what I did, 
And sure enough, Pharaoh heard what had happened and he tried to kill Moses. But Moses fled from Pharaoh and went to live in the land of Midian. It's a pretty familiar story, right? And even for us, right? There is this issue, there is this problem, which, let's be honest, Moses caused, right? And he goes, okay, now that there's this issue, now that there's this worry, there's this anxiety, because, man, there is going to be lots of authority coming down on me because of what I've just done. I'm fearful for my own life. I'm fearful for what's going to happen next. Okay, I need to take the reins. I need to figure out what I'm going to do, and I am getting out of here. And Moses' best plan was to just run off into the wilderness and hope and pray that the Egyptians weren't going to be in pursuit to kill him. Isn't this a really interesting story? Because you look at it and you go, you know what, that's kind of me at times. I make decisions and they don't go right. Or things around me happen where it brings worry and anxiety and I don't know what's going to happen next and the only thing I can think to do is go, I need to grab the reins and I need to take control because if I don't, things are going to go crazy. See, like Moses, the problem that we face in our lives from time to time is that we want things my way. I want things my way. Someone offends me, you know what, my ways, I'm going to feel offended, I'm going to hold a grudge, I'm going to make sure that they know that I don't like them. I want things my way, because if I don't do that, they won't know they've done something wrong. I need to take control, I need to take the reins, my way, my way, my way. But that's the opposite of kingdom living, that's the opposite of what God wants us to do. Christ said, you know, deny yourself, pick up your cross and follow me. Romans 12 is that we are to offer up our bodies as a what? A living sacrifice. We are to deny ourselves. We are to sacrifice all of the my way. When we want to do things that we know, you know, I'm going to take control. God is not able to do this for me, so I've got to do it. How arrogant to think that me, a created being, can handle my situation better than God that created me. I'm going to do it my way. That's not what we're called to do, to be a living sacrifice. There's a challenge in that. D.L. Moody says it well. The problem with a living sacrifice is that it keeps crawling off the altar. Who's experienced that? (laughs) Being a living sacrifice is surrendering to God. Surrendering to God. But here's the thing with surrender, is that sometimes we treat surrender like it's a subway line. Yeah? We go up and God's there opening up that bun of surrender and he's like, okay, let's do this. Let's put everything on it. We're like, okay, God's like, hey, finances, you're going to surrender that to me? Yep, I can do that. Yep, okay, I tithe, I, yep, I help with missions trips. Yes, I can do that. All right, what about Sunday church? Like, you got to, you know, you got to give yourself to the body. You've got to commit to the people that you're with. Being a community, can you, can you surrender the you there and actually do what I want you to do? Yep, I can do that, God. Hey, okay, and also remember that time that person hurt you and you've been holding that grudge ever since and you've really not let it go and you've got unforgiveness in your heart. Can you just surrender that as well? Maybe not that one, God. That's a bit spicy for me. Let's move along. 
And the thing is, is that we all get to the end of that subway line and we wrap up what surrender looks like for us in our personal world and everyone's sub is slightly different. Because we've all chosen to surrender A, B and C, but not X, Y and Z. And it's different for all of us. But that's not what we're called to do. We're called to surrender everything to God. Our entire lives to God. But what does that look like? You know, we talked about this on, on, um, on Thursday at Youth. We surrender everything. And we've got an awesome youth group here at CCW. And they came back with the question, but what does that look like, Ads? What about common sense? Right? So surely there's things that I need to sort out myself. And they're absolutely right. Can you imagine if every single thing in life, you just go, I'm just going to surrender that to you, Jesus? Oh, no, I'm late to pick up the kids from school. Jesus, I surrender that to you. I ain't going to go. You go do it. <laughs> I surrender that. I can tell you now, if I did that, I would be driving home surrendering my worry, anxiety, and physical health when I faced my wife. <laughs> so where, where's the line, you know? Because there's some things, practically, in common sense, you've got to deal with it, you know? You've got to pay your bills. Your electricity bill doesn't come in. You go, surrender it to Jesus. I don't think AGL would like that. <laughs> so where's the line? Where's the line? And I think it comes down to this, is that when we talk about surrender, we need to get our head out of task-based surrender and into a heart posture of surrender. Right? Because we talked about Moses and what we do is we go, my way, my way. But what surrender actually looks like in a nutshell is not my way, just your way. Whatever that looks like, God, I want more of your way. I want your plan over my plan. Whatever you've got planned for my future, I will submit to that. Ultimately, and here's the thing, it comes down to this one singularity, is I want God more than anything else. I want God more than anything else. I remember saying, oh, I remember, it was yesterday. <laughs> Uh, no, two days ago, I said to Danny, this is where I'm going with this sermon. I want to say, you know, the, the, the gods, we want God more than anything. He goes, as you should read Psalm 63. Um, so I read it, and I'm like, you know what, I'm going to put that in. So um, Psalm 63, this is what wanting God more than anything else can look like. Oh God, you are my God. I earnestly search for you. My soul thirsts for you. My whole body longs for you in this parched and weary land where there is no water. I have seen you in your sanctuary and gazed upon your power and glory. Your unfailing love is better than life itself. How I praise you. I will praise you as long as I live, lifting up my hands to you in prayer. You satisfy me more than the richest feast. I will praise you with songs of joy. I lie awake thinking of you, meditating on you through the night. Because you are my helper. I sing for joy in the shadow of your wings. I cling to you. Your strong right hand holds me securely. See, when we give our whole heart and our posture is, Lord, your way, not my way, because I want you more than anything, our questions shift and we start saying things like, how does God want me to react in this situation that I'm facing right now? How does God want me to love people? 
How does God want me to serve people? How does God want me to be generous? How does God want me to respond to my pain and my offense? Because whatever God wants, I'll do that. Whatever God wants, I'll surrender to that. But here's the caveat. What does God want? How do I know what God wants? Because we're living in a world where God's voice, and I use talking marks there, God's voice is everywhere. Everyone has an opinion about what God's saying. You look at the media all through movies and music. Man, there are some amazing movies out there that, um, that uh, uh, effectively communicate God's heart. And there are some that, that try to effectively communicate God's heart and they miss the mark. Same for songs. What about social media? Man, like you go through Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, <laughs> LinkedIn, whatever you look at. And there's so many... No one uses LinkedIn. Uh, <laughs> But the thing is, you look through, like, particularly Instagram and TikTok, you look through and there's people who are like, I'm going to post something inspirational and beautiful that's going to bring people into an understanding of who God is. And some people, it is beautiful. And God's heart is effectively communicated. And other people miss the mark entirely. And the sad thing is, is that both have a following. Both have a following where people are like, that's what God thinks. That's how God interacts with people. There's one in particular, and I'm just going to name and shame. There's one in, partic- <laughs> in particular called the Honest Youth Pastor that I follow on Facebook. And that's just his way of saying, I'm just going to be mean about what I want to say because I'm honest. You know? Well, you can take Honest Youth Pastor. I'll take Theologically Accurate Youth Pastor every day of the week. You know? But the problem is, is that there's people that follow that person. And you go, this is what God thinks. Right? Another one is, and I hate to say it, Churches and preachers, some people are like fantastic and they're awesome and they preach truth and they hold to God's word and other people miss the mark entirely. We all do our best, but that's, that's the truth, is not everyone is saying the truth. If you want the truth, and I'm not telling you anything you haven't heard before, if you want to go to a place that is reliable and you know that is what God says, that is how God thinks, that is what God wants for my life, you're only going to find that 100% reliability in the Word of God. That is it. I can't think of anywhere else where I can go and I know that I'm getting God's true Word. But here's the challenge in that, is that you might read God's word and go, okay, because let's be honest, we live in 2022 and culture is, is crazy right now. There's a lot of things that are pulling us away from God's way of living. There's a lot of things in our culture that are contrary to what God says is real and true and good. And when we read the Bible, we say, I want to know what God says about this. I want to know what God says about this truth. I want to know what God says about my future and what he wants for me. And you can read it and go, oh, God's decisions and actions, I don't know if I fully line up with that. God's stance on various topics might differ to mine. God's instructions seem unfair and cruel, right? God's expectations of you and me are extremely bold. And here's the thing, if we're talking about surrender today, if you're reading the scripture and you come in with your 2022 cultural eyes and you read something and God says something different and that challenges you and you go, oh, me and God might disagree on this actually, here's the thing, 
assume that you are wrong. That's surrender. That's what it means. How arrogant would it be for me to go, well, this is what I think of of this topic, and God says something different, but you know what? I think I'm right. Like, God doesn't understand our 2022 culture. He doesn't have to experience the bullying I, I have to experience if I stand... No, no, no. God, you might be wrong here. No. He's the creator of the universe. If we differ, I'm the wrong one. That's what surrender means. How much are we willing to lay down our whole lives for God? I surrender it to you. Surrender's hard. Sorry, I'm just moving to my notes on my phone because my iPad is just totally not liking what I'm doing. Surrender's hard, right? It's not easy. But I think it can be easier than we think. And I got this, uh, well, that's what it's done. Here we go. Surrender made easy. And I was looking at it going, you know what? Surrender's still not easy. So how about this? Surrender made easier. Yeah? Surrender made easier. As soon as my phone decides to work. Okay. So we're going to go back to Moses. Right? So Moses is in the wilderness. He, he's gone. He's, his troubles are behind him. He's now married. He's got children. He's shepherding sheep. All the worries of Pharaoh coming to get him have dissipated into a distant memory. He's living just fine. His plan seems to have worked out great. And then all of a sudden, he sees a bush. And the bush is not burning up because it's on fire. And Moses goes up to check it out and he meets God. And God says, I'm the God of your ancestors. I'm the God of Jacob and Isaac. That's who I am. And I've got a job for you, Moses. You know that place, Egypt, that you ran from, where they want to kill you? That place where you killed somebody? You need to go back there. And not only just go back there, but I want you to talk to Pharaoh. And Pharaoh is the most important and powerful man in Egypt, which was the most important and powerful place on planet Earth. So God is saying, I want you to go and talk talk to the most powerful man on Earth, and I want you, Moses, to command him... On my behalf, let my people go. And Moses' response is, "Uh, that may not work. (laughs) Because God, I've got a stutter. I've got a speech impediment. I'm not great at talking to people. But also, they want me dead. I ran from there. You want me to go back into that traumatic place and actually command the most powerful man on earth, on your behalf, to let his people go. I can't do that. That is not within my ability. And if you and me were in that situation, you'd go into youth pastor mode, you'd get your arm around Moses and be like, Moses, you can do this. You've got this. Come on, man. Like, hey, it'll be awesome. People will be cheering you for ages. Like, you know, imagine what's actually going to happen. Like, You can, like, okay, God's built you for this moment. You can do it. Go and do it. Come on, Moses. Woo! Moses! But that's not what God does, is it? When Moses is lamenting, I can't do this. It's outside of my ability. It's outside of my desires. I don't want to go back there because I can't. I can't do it. And God's response is, I'll go with you. I'll be there. 
you're right, Moses, you can't do it. <laughs> but I'll come. I'll go. And how beautiful is that? How comforting is that? Is that when God calls us to surrender, which is really, really hard, he goes, but I'll go into those scary, dark places with you because I know you want to hold on to the reins. I know you want to do things your way. I know that's your comfort zone. But if you'll just get out of it, you'll find that I'm there too. Because we're talking about the God of the universe here. This is the God who said, let there be light. He holds the ocean in his hands. The stars came out of the breath of his nostrils. He names all the stars in the sky. And he says, I'll go with you. I don't know about you, but that's comforting. I'll go with you. There we go. The interesting thing is, with God's presence, we have to understand it's beautiful because Psalm 46.10 says, and we know this one, be still and know what? That I am God. The word still is so loosely translated. It doesn't say still. It's this Hebrew word rafa. And rafa literally means release, let go, surrender. You know, you, you might have come into church today with problems as high as you. Things going on that you're like, I have to take control. I need to figure this out. I can't rely on God. I need to, like, I can't, I can't, I can't trust him. I've got to do it myself. That's the way it's going to get fixed. That's the way I've always done it. I've got to hold on to the reins myself. And God says, let go. Release. And know that I am God. Rest in his beautiful and strong arms. He's able to take it all. Every single bit. I know some people like a, what am I going to do with this? Tell me how to live this out. Well, here's this. Here's some homework for you. Every day this week coming up, until next church Sunday, right? When you wake up in the morning, don't pick up your phone and start going through Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn. <laughs> don't, don't go have breakfast. Don't go and have a shower. Don't do any of that stuff. First and foremost... Just take a moment, just a minute, to reflect on the mighty, huge, able God that we serve. And go, Lord, you go with me today. Give me opportunities to surrender to you. Can you imagine how much your life will change if you do that? And here's the thing. Surrendering to God, unlike what I thought in year 11, it's so much better. <laughs> like, I'm not here going, okay, guys, you have to surrender. It's, gonna, it's, it's a sad thing, you know. No, this is awesome. Who wouldn't want to surrender to God? You look at Moses' my way, was hiding in the, de in the wilderness, raising sheep, right? He could have lived out his days in, in peace that way. But God's way, and because he surrendered to God's way, we see a whole nation freed from captivity. We see Moses, who learnt that surrender is an awesome thing, get to the Red Sea, and God's like, hey, hold your staff out. And Moses isn't like, oh, I don't know if I can do that. No, this time he's like, yep, no worries, God, I got this. Or better, you've got this. 
We see them traveling through and eventually getting to the promised land, even without Moses. But it's because Moses was like, God, your way, not mine. Can you imagine how different our lives would look? And potentially how different Gippsland would look if every day we woke up and all of our worries, all of our anxieties, all of our resentment and unforgiveness, all of our pain, all of our desires to do things our own way, if every morning we just rougher, let go. And God, you are able and I trust you. Tell you what, you'd feel invincible. And rightly so. Because the God of the universe says, I will go with you. And one thing I've learned being a Christian 20, 20, 22 years now is that when God says, I'll go with you, he really does go with you. And he is able to take everything. He's able to hold everything that we can't. So this week, and hopefully further, let us be a church of Rafa. Let go of our own way for your way. Yeah? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, you are good. There's so many things in our lives, God, where we have to work and strive and feel like we've got to do everything our way. Because we know that, God. We know what our way looks like. We've done it before. We know that we can kind of rely on the work that we do in our own hands. But God, that's not the life you've called us to. In everything, Lord, let us just surrender to your way. I ask right now that your Holy Spirit would, would, would move across this room like a rushing wind, God. That you would speak to all of our hearts. You would highlight those areas in our lives that you want us to let go, to release, and to fall back into your capable arms. Lord, we reclaim that word, surrender. It's not weak. It's not giving up. It's not compromising. It's trusting in you and your capabilities as our mighty, mighty king. Amen.